Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 3rd. In today's news, tanks roll into the nation's capital for President Trump's Independence Day event. A Russian submarine accident exposes Vladimir Putin messing with transatlantic cables. And it's not just you. June was the hottest month ever recorded on Earth. But first, the big idea. The 2020 census will not include a citizenship question. That decision was made after Trump administration officials reluctantly concluded that there would not be enough time to continue the legal battle and to meet the printing deadlines for the questionnaire. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said in a statement last night that he respects the Supreme Court, but strongly disagrees with its conclusion that he used false pretenses to insert a question that experts agree would lead to an undercount of Hispanics. Trump called it a, quote, very sad time for America and floated the idea that he'll figure out a way somehow to add the question in anyway. But the president's war on undocumented immigrants rages on. The latest move is that the administration is now threatening to impose hefty fines on any immigrant who disobeys a deportation order by seeking refuge in a church. ICE notified a woman seeking sanctuary in a North Carolina church yesterday that the agency intends to fine her more than $300,000. An immigrant in Colorado faces a fine of more than $500,000 for trying to hide in a church. The agency doesn't conduct raids of churches as a rule, and although financial penalties for evading deportation have been on the books for years, they've been rarely imposed until now. ICE says it is issuing two types of fines. One targets immigrants with outstanding deportation orders, threatening them with penalties of up to $799 per day. In a year, an immigrant could accrue fines of more than $292,000 that way. A second fine targets immigrants who agreed to leave the U.S. voluntarily but then did not. They would face a lesser fine of up to $4,792 total, although an immigration judge could increase or decrease that penalty slightly. Last night in Seattle, a federal judge dealt another setback to the president's immigration agenda, blocking his plan to deny bail to jailed asylum seekers. She said that Attorney General Bill Barr's new policy is unconstitutional. The judge says the burden is on the government to demonstrate why applicants for asylum aren't being released. She also said proceedings must be recorded and a written transcript must be made available. A group of asylum seekers won an earlier injunction from that judge, Marsha Petchman, in April when she required the government to offer bail hearings. Tuesday's ruling specifically addresses and prohibits Barr's new policy, which was set to begin being enforced on July 15th. The Justice Department promised to appeal. Down south, Border Patrol agents confiscated the phones of a dozen Democratic members of Congress when they visited border facilities on Monday. But Congressman Joaquin Castro from Texas, Julian's brother, snuck a phone in anyway and surreptitiously captured photos and videos. He explained that our border patrol system is broken, and part of the reason it stays broken is because it's kept secret. He told us the American people must see what's being carried out in their name. He tweeted pictures of a dozen migrant women who sat atop blue sleeping bags on the ground in a small concrete room. He tweeted another picture of a woman who is separated from her daughters and doesn't know where they are. Castro's stealthily captured photos serve as a rare window into the detention facilities that the Trump administration has made increasingly difficult to access. 
and more stomach-churning details continue to emerge about what's happening off-camera. A new medical examiner's report reveals that a Guatemalan toddler who died in Border Patrol custody suffered from multiple intestinal and respiratory infectious diseases. Multiple nurses who were down at the border told BuzzFeed that immigration agents are delaying taking sick children to the hospital for treatment. Migrant kids kept in CBP facilities have reported verbal abuse and threats, according to reports submitted to the Office of Refugee Resettlement and obtained by Yahoo News. Finally, as Trump espouses his nationalist rhetoric, his re-election campaign is running a series of Facebook video ads, including to promote his immigration nativist agenda, that misleadingly depict foreign models as American citizens who support the president. The president's team is using stock photos and pretending that their testimonials, including from a young woman seen strolling on a beach in Florida, apparently, a Hispanic man on a city street in Texas, and a bearded hipster in a coffee shop in Washington, D.C. In fact, that bearded hipster is from Turkey. The smiling blonde model who's supposed to be on the beach in Florida is actually from France. She's depicted as Tracy from Florida. She's quoted as saying, quote, I could not ask for a better president. She doesn't even speak English. And a man labeled in another video as AJ from Texas stares into the camera as a voice says, quote, although I am a lifelong Democrat, I sincerely believe that a nation must secure its borders. It turns out that guy is a male model from Brazil. Trump's campaign officials declined repeated requests for comment yesterday to the Associated Press, which broke the story. But this isn't the first time that Trump has used video from abroad before. His 2016 campaign ran a TV ad vowing to build a wall to keep out immigrants from Mexico. It showed people streaming across the border. But the shots of refugees were taken from the border in Morocco. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one. The National Park Service is diverting nearly $2.5 million in entrance and recreation fees primarily intended to improve parks across the country in order to cover the costs associated with Trump's Independence Day celebration on the Mall. Trump administration officials have consistently refused to say how much taxpayers are going to have to pay for the expanded celebration this year, which the president has dubbed the Salute to America. But two high-placed sources inside the government who spoke on the condition of anonymity because of the sensitivity of this matter confirmed the transfer of the Park Service funds last night. The diverted park fees represent just a fraction of the extra costs the government faces as a result of Trump's event, which will include displays of military hardware, flyovers by an array of jets, including Air Force One, the deployment of tanks on the mall, and an extended pyrotechnic show. For Trump's planned speech at the Lincoln Memorial, the White House is continuing to distribute VIP tickets to big Republican donors and political appointees, prompting objections from Democratic lawmakers who argue the president has turned the celebration into a campaign-style event. The Republican National Committee and Trump's re-election campaign confirmed Tuesday that they've received passes that they're handing out. Even as some critics question the White House's handling of access to the Lincoln Memorial, officials from the Pentagon and the Interior Department are scrambling to transform Trump's vision of an elaborate military and pyrotechnics display into reality. Two Abrams tanks, 
two Bradley fighting vehicles, and an M88 recovery vehicle sat on train tracks in southeast Washington yesterday being pressure washed to look spiffy. Last night, they were seen coming into D.C. on train tracks. Administration officials were finalizing aspects of Thursday's schedule in the last hours, including a plan to have one of the planes in the Air Force One fleet zoom overhead right as Trump takes the stage. Number two, the deaths of 14 sailors on a Russian submersible vessel have intensified concerns that the Kremlin is increasing efforts to intercept data cables from North America and Europe at dangerous costs. A fire took place Monday while crew on the craft were conducting topographic measurements of the seabed near Russia's Severmorsk base in the Barents Sea. That vessel is part of the Defense Ministry's Unit for Underwater Intelligence, which is tasked with sensitive missions such as mapping and monitoring ocean depths. NATO has expressed growing concern over an increase in Russian undersea activity around data cables in the North Atlantic. The military alliance worries that vessels such as the one that went down are working the ocean floor, allowing Russia to tap the cables not just to gather intelligence, but also to be able to sever the cables in the event of a conflict with the United States. Meanwhile, another troublesome news about an American adversary, China, is forcing all tourists who cross the border into the Xinjiang region to install a piece of malware on their phones that gives all of their text messages and really all of their private data to the communist authorities, essentially in perpetuity. The Android malware, which is installed by a border guard when they physically seize the phone, also scans the tourist or traveler's device for a specific set of files, according to Vice News, which had experts analyze the software. The files authorities are looking for include Islamic extremist content, but also innocuous Islamic material, academic books on Islam by leading researchers, and peculiarly music from a specific Japanese metal band. Here's a fun fact. Xinjiang translates to New Frontier. More like Brave New World. Number three, extreme weather continues to show Earth in the balance. June was the hottest month ever recorded on Earth, according to the European Union Satellite Agency. The data show that European average temperatures were more than two degrees Celsius above normal for this time of year. Today, the state of Florida is encouraging homeowners to kill green iguanas. The especially warm winter, combined with recent record-breaking heat in June down in the Sunshine State, have allowed the non-native reptile to flourish, leading the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission to implore residents to kill as many of the menace iguanas as possible. Speaking of extreme weather, the American Midwest literally appears brown from space right now due to the crazy heavy rains this season. The region usually looks green this time of year, but the atypical weather has left crops waterlogged and others unplanted. It's pretty surreal to compare normal satellite images from this time of year with what the whole Midwest looks like right now. It's sad, especially for our farmers who are waterlogged and already struggling because of Trump's trade war and facing financial ruin because of these tariffs. Meanwhile, in Mumbai, monsoons have claimed at least 24 lives. The Indian city received 15 inches of rainfall in a single day, and the government has asked residents to remain indoors to avoid the flooded streets. Yikes. And that's the Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 3rd. In observance of Independence Day, we will not broadcast a podcast on Thursday or Friday. We'll be back Monday. Hopefully you get some downtime and you're not too hot or too wet. 
Thanks for listening.